Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys, talk to you soon. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place, because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another mashup episode here on Build Your Network. Today, we are talking about pitching, how to pitch and get real results and featuring three of the best in the business. Once again, we have Brant Pinvidic, who is the author of The Three-Minute Rule, and uh, he basically goes into the essentials that you need to be able to build an, uh, a winning pitch off of, and he is a reality TV producer and now helps a lot of uh, entrepreneurs secure funding for businesses and things like that uh, with the things that he learned in the Hollywood world, which is obviously a very competitive world, uh, but been uh, been a producer of shows like Bar Rescue and Extreme Makeover, uh, things like that. And uh, he, he's one of the best in the business and wrote the, literally wrote the book on pitching. So uh, he's he's definitely at the top of that game. And then we have Kevin Harrington, who was the original shark on Shark Tank. He was the first confirmed shark uh, that Mark Burnett reached out to and booked for Shark Tank back when it made its debut. Uh, he is the as seen on TV guy. That was his company. He was the one that basically literally invented the infomercial after noticing that at you know, midnight 1 a.m. back in the 50s and 60s, or uh, back in the 60s and 70s, that there wasn't any programming on TV. It was just dark. And so he basically took these people who were pitching these products at home shows and in the mall and different things like that. And he would help them build out the pitch better and then put them in these infomercial spots where 
uh, they started to make money and start racking up revenue. And after a while, uh, he turned it into his own business where he was just constantly searching and, source, and sourcing new products and turned it into a half a billion dollar venture. And uh, so he is definitely somebody who helps people with their pitches all the time and, and has heard so many pitches over the years. I'm sure we can't even probably even count the amount of pitches that this guy's heard. So uh, that'll be a really great one. And then Sean Patel. Sean is a young dude who uh, actually built his own test prep company and he went on Shark Tank and won a deal with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. So all three of these guys, Brant, Kevin, and Sean, are going to bring the heat for this episode on how to pitch better. Uh, but first, really quickly, if you are a podcaster and getting guests is something that you aren't super great at so far with your show, and that's a need of yours and something that you're looking for, especially the high quality guests, the top tier guests, some of the guests that we've mentioned here on the show today, uh, then you're going to want to head over to guestio.com. That's G-U-E-S-T-I-O.com and uh, register for the pre-launch of the software that we're launching here in the next couple of months called Guestio. With Guestio, you can go on there and book some of the world's top experts in a variety of different fields uh, for your show. So if you're a content creator, YouTuber, podcaster, listening to this right now, head over to guestio.com and sign up. Just enter your email there and uh, we will let you know when the platform is live so you can be one of the first people to jump on there and start booking some of those quality guests for your own show at that point. That's guestio.com. And now let's go ahead and get into Pitch Masters with Brant Penvidic, Kevin Harrington, and Sean Patel. Are there any pitches that you that you had that you'd experienced that you're particularly proud of in, in terms of like you got a, a bad, you know, vibe or whatever from the person that you were about to meet with, but then after hearing your pitch, they were just kind of loosened up or warmed up. Was there, is there any well, examples that you can think of? I mean, that? the best one is in the book with the San Francisco 49ers. Go yeah. Niners! Um, <laughs> I had worked with the president. He was a really good friend of mine. We had worked on TV shows, and when they built Levi Stadium, you know, they were looking at, you know, how, we got to get sponsors on. We need a name sponsor. It was developing pitches for that, which yeah. was really cool. But the big one is, which people don't usually think of, is you build a new stadium, almost costs $2 billion. Your team plays 10 times a year. So how do you pay for that right. if there's only people 10 times a year? Season ticket holders. Yeah. That, but <laughs> yeah. that's, again, 10 times. Right, right, right. So no. you got 355 days. You better put some things in there. Right, and right, for right. a stadium like that, you need the big ticket items. You need Taylor Swift's right. concert to come. You need the Rolling Stones. You need whatever it sure. is. Monster truck. You need it in your stadium. Mm. And for them, at that time, the biggest ticket item was WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the biggest sporting event in the world. Mm. And every year, Vince McMahon has a little sort of dog and pony show, come to Connecticut, tell me why I should put WrestleMania with your place this year. Mm. And so with the San Francisco 49ers, it was like, okay, we got a new stadium. How do we make that pitch? Yeah. And what was interesting was, is when you look at it, it's like, well, wait a second you know, Jerry Jones or Tish is going to go in there and they're going to say the same thing every year. Like, mm. why do you need them to show up there? They like the mayor's coming. They're going to say the same thing. Flight patterns. We're going to add extra security. We're going to make this like, they say the same thing. Mm. All that information is online. Why does he want you there every year? It's because that's what he does. Yeah. And you know, at the WWE, they have this huge seven foot statue of Andre the giant in the lobby, giant, cut out of his hand and you just you can't help but put your hand in there and you're like oh my god i'm so tiny and insignificant <laughs> and it's almost like on cute the doors open yeah and there's a bazillion foot table and at the end is vince mcmahon and stephanie and paul who's triple h and 
and he has this reputation of when you get into that moment and you're gonna you get your pitch started okay and he just sort of stops you oh, guys could you just tell me why we should have wrestlemania there like can we just get to the point like that's yeah. his sort of thing he loves to throw you off and and listen if you you know i i love this vixen man so he's just a certain type of character right, right? right he has a certain way of doing things and so for me looking at that pitch it was hey we don't need to tell him how many seats are in the stadium. Mm. He knows it. We don't need to tell him how it's new. We don't need to tell him what we're doing. We need to find out really what it is. Why are we pitching this? What are we saying? Yeah. What is the reason? Like, what's the ultimate decision maker? Yeah, like, what is it? What are we saying? And so eventually we came up with the pitch, the idea that, listen, the Silicon Valley is the center of the digital world. It's the heart of social media. Every major company is based there. Every major company is, has a box and is part of the, of the Levi Stadium. Levi Stadium is now the iconic building of the Silicon Valley. This is a chance for the WWE to be associated with every major tech company in the world. The whole world is moving digital. That's where that that's where you need to be. And that was the core of what we were actually pitching to him. Yeah. Yes, it has 76,000 seats and all that other crap, but for the most part that was the hook, right? And then for us, we, you know, he had the, they had this really cool program that they had developed with a seat ordering where you could order merchandise and food and stuff right from your seat yeah. you didn't have to go to the concourse and line up so as the match is going on if the rock's in there you could order a rock t-shirt right there and have it delivered which means the WWE could make more money on merchandise sure so that came later because that's what i call the edge of the story is once the, he's already hooked what is it we're gonna you know digital and then this so, but that was one of those moments in my career where i was like oh wait a second like, I think I have a career outside of television. I think oh, really? this okay. is what I could do yeah. and not be in television anymore because they're a big company. And it happened to me a few times where I'd go, you know, I'd go meet with a company that does type one diabetic anti-rejection drug therapy. Yeah. And the guy's got a wing of the Miami hospital named after him and they're hiring me to come and help them. And I'm like, oh God, I'm a mediocre television producer. What am I doing here? <laughs> but you realize pretty quickly that nobody really has all their shit together. Right. People have some of their shit together. Some people have a lot, <laughs> but no one has it all. Yeah. And the skills you develop in other areas of life can be really valuable to a lot of people. People just don't notice that. And I realize those skills that I have are very valuable to people. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed, if you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine 
is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. Do you find that um, when you go outside of the industry that you're used to, that people are more, I don't know, maybe impressed by the expertise because it's not something that's totally worked on in that like particular yeah. sphere? It's a little, listen, the, the fairness is, is Hollywood is cool. Like yeah. in, in most of America, Hollywood's cool. Be able to do what I did in television it just sounds cool and yeah. it looks cool and it's kind of sexy. Now it's a huge it's, credibility booster. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's none of those things. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass and it's a grind and it's not glamorous and it's hard and it's competitive. But that's the way every business is, right? Yeah. And I remember, ironically, the NFL with um, Prague, the president of the team, we were pitching a show and. When I we read that we read this big fancy SUV limo and we were going to network to network to pitch the show at all different networks in one day, so they were up in the front seat, we were in the back seat, and and I remember saying to my partner, "Oh my God, could you imagine working for an NFL team? That'd be the greatest thing in the world. Every Sunday is a different team, a different challenge. You're making moves, doing kind of cool stuff. You do the whole season, then you get ready for the next. Like this would be the greatest job ever, yeah. right?" And big NFL fans, we were just like, this is amazing. We go pitch yeah. a few shows, we go to lunch, we're on the way back, and I could hear them talking up a few hours later. And Parag goes somewhere and he goes, oh my God, could you imagine if this was your life? Rolling around Hollywood, pitching ideas to network executives, having lunch every day, just trying to make things on TV. That'd be the greatest thing ever. And that hit me in the face like a ton of bricks. I was yeah. like, and so I stopped. I said, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. You guys work at the end. Isn't that the greatest job? He's like, no, not at all. It's nothing to do with being, you know. And you realize there's no green grass yeah. anywhere. If you yeah. have to do it for a living, it is a grind. But I have been able to leverage the sort of sexy, cool factor of Hollywood really well. It helped the book sell. It does open a lot of doors. And from a relationship building standpoint, it does change the game pretty quickly. Yeah. So I again, I have a good perception but I do the work and you can't use perception if you're not willing to do the work to, to back sure. it up. And sure. so I'm all for people making their lives on Instagram look amazing and building the perception, but then you got to go, okay, now that I've got that, how do I make a business out of deliver. this? How do I deliver something? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a big part of it. When, at what point did they reach out to you for Shark Tank? That was, I assume, before you sold uh, as seen on TV or during that? Or what, what, yeah, what was, it was that whole time frame? before I sold it because okay. that was about 10, 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, Burnett called. So, you know, we were, you know, I had, um, you know, I had a public company that was doing $500 million a year in sales. Um, and I was, you know, was doing all this crazy stuff with lots of, you know, uh, you know, famous people. We did Kim Kardashian's first infomercial, and Paris Hilton's first infomercial and, and Flo Rida. And, you know, we're dealing with all these celebrities and products and great things. So Mark Burnett reached out. I went out and met with him. And, you know, it's funny, my, I'm, uh, before I left my house, my wife said, where are you going? I said, 
oh, Mark Burnett called and, you know, he's, he wants to talk to me about this new show he's doing. She says, what is it? I said, he wouldn't tell me anything about it. He just, he said, it's called Shark Tank. And she's like, wow. She said, well, wait a minute. You know, he does crazy things to people on that Survivor show. I don't know if you want to be on something called Shark Tank. You know, <laughs> what's he going to do in that show, right? Yeah. So because when you think about it, Shark Tank doesn't sound like a business show. No. It actually sounds like something on Discovery Channel, right? So, um, in fact, people... I've had people this they say, I've seen you somewhere and say again, I'm like, Yeah, you, you ever you know you see Shark Tank? And they're like, Oh yeah, that you know, the, out there in the ocean, they're doing, you know, like <laughs> no, that's that's a you know, deadliest catch or something. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Um the other day I was on an airplane, a guy came up to me and he's like, Are you on ESPN or what? You know, I'm like, No, not ESPN, but you know, it's a business show. So yeah. but anyway, um yeah, so I did um the pilot. And and then, you know, 175 uh, segments after that. So I was like the original. I'm, they, they told me that I was the very first shark that they actually picked before Damon yes. and O'Leary and Barbara and all the rest of them. So that was pretty cool because, you know, I had interviewed um, with Mark Burnett personally. And he's like, I, you know, we got to do this. So so I, I they, they had me do a little, um, you know, audition kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. it worked out. Because little did they know, I had been taking pitches for years because that's what I did right. as an infantry guy. Right. Went to trade shows and took pitches. Yeah. Did Did you have any personal relationships with any of the other sharks before the show? No. So. Never met them all the night before we shot. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So how did that? How has that kind of transformed over the last few years now? Have, have they become like really good friends? Have you guys done business together? How has that been? Yeah. Yeah. We've all done business. Um, O'Leary and I. Um, we ended up like involved in a guitar deal for a while and Herchevik and I did a couple deals and Barbara and I did a couple deals and Damon and I did a couple deals. So all the sharks end up doing deals with the other sharks yeah, at yeah. some point. Oh, let's, I'll split it if you come in and, right. you know, yeah. and it also, you know, this is the thing. Think about going to a, a taping of a TV show and at the end of the day, you're going to see 10 deals and you're going to invest money in two or three of them. Okay. Well, it's like you almost would figure out how can I spend a little less today? You know, like, let's say tomorrow I got to see 10 more. Right. How can I invest a little less? Well, let's split this one with somebody else. Right. Because it, it's, it's, it, I mean, I got to say this, and this is something I, I don't like to say publicly, but um, you know, the sharks are there to help these people looking for money. But if you look at the deals that many of them have done, I would argue and tell you to say, and, and say, do you think that these deals would be done if these people walked in the streets of Kevin O'Leary and pitched them some cupcakes? You know, I mean, right, O'Leary's right. on Wall Street, he raised $900 million in his own fund. And why is he doing a cupcake deal? Why? Because he's on the show, right? Mm -hmm. So. You end up in deals that you wouldn't necessarily do. And, and, and that was the issue I ended up having was I'm in a very niche business. And so after 175 segments, 20 some deals, they were like very few in my sweet spot. And I was investing in things gotcha, gotcha. that were very time consuming, capital consuming and took me. I mean, while TV viewership is dropping, my time 
it spent to my core business was dropping also because I was so involved. I'd, I'd come home from a trip and have four new partners and I got to get 28 page documents done and due diligence done and this and that and go see them and go to their offices and go talk to people that know them and check them out. And it, it just, it was all consuming. So yeah. it was kind of like, like if you look at Barbara Corcoran, she was in real estate her whole life, sold her business. You know what she does now? Shark Tank. That's her business. I mean, she's got dozens of investments. She's doing very well. And I think she loves it, yeah, but yeah. she doesn't have time to be, you know, doing running a separate business. You know? Yeah. Let's yeah, go exactly. show a home today. No, I don't think so. Right? right. You know, so and and, you know, so her model is, you know, she's got a model that works for her. I think she loves it. But, you know, she's probably put eight or ten million dollars into the different companies that she's invested right. in. Right. And it, some of these are small businesses that you may never see your money back for a long time until there's some kind of exit strategy when you right. think about it. Talk to me now about next steps, next part, like the process of going through the Shark Tank audition, um, nervousness, butterflies heading into that room, meeting the, four, the, the panelists, and, and then the crazy high of actually getting a deal. Yeah, it was an insane experience. I mean, it was pretty quick, like from um, when I auditioned to when they flew me out to Los Angeles to uh, pitch the Sharks was like a matter of like two, two and a half months. It was pretty quick. Wow. Um, and so, you know, I basically had prepared probably as much as I had studied for the SAT to be on Shark Tank. Um, you know, like Shark Tank, it's pretty rare to be able to air on Shark Tank. I think, you know, I'd, um, I had auditioned with 500 other people in New York, but I think 50,000 people from across the country apply, um, at least at its peak, and like 180 get on television. So wow. it's, um, it's like 0.02%, which is funny because the chances of getting a perfect SAT score are 0.02%. So like <laughs> to do both is like pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. Um, your, your next course is going to be called <laughs> the 0.02% club. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. So I had prepared hundreds of hours for the pitch, anticipating every single question that I think they would have thrown at me, etc. And did then, you, did you, real quick, did you have help with that? Did you did you call up anybody and say like, "Hey, what do I even expect with this?" Uh, no. Oh, actually, I think I spoke to one other Shark Tank entrepreneur team and asked them, but it wasn't really that helpful, uh, to be honest with you. Um, so it was mainly just Google and stuff you yeah. need from your MBA program. It was basically just Google MBA and just watching a lot of Shark Tank, honestly, like, cause you mm -hmm. can anticipate what kind of questions they ask most entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what was interesting was, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in like the art of storytelling. And so, you know, I made, cause I have the most boring business in the world. I, it's SAT <laughs> prep, you know? So yeah. like, you know, how are they going to make this entertaining for Shark Tank? Cause like I, I made sure I had a lot of interesting, funny, um, personal stories to share. Cause at the end of the day, it's an entertainment television show. So like right. I wanted to make sure that they air my episode and that we're not just talking SAT prep. That's going to put everyone to sleep, you know? And right. so, um, so I had really interesting stories to share, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, when I walked into that tank, like once I saw the five sharks in front of me live in the flesh, like everything I had prepared, like went out the window, you know, like it was, it was bad. Like I, I felt like I had blacked out, but because like, you know, 
the everyone just sees like 15 minutes on Shark Tank, right? Mm -hmm. um, or 10 minutes, whatever you're on, 10, 15 minutes on television. But I was in there for an hour and a half. And so, you know, during that hour and a half, I was getting grilled and grilled and like, they're just coming at you from every single direction. And at first you have like a lot of nervousness and butterflies when you're in there. But like at some point you just start like, I started like yelling back, you know, like it was just like, <laughs> it was just like, you just start like, you're talking to them like normal people. And uh, yeah, you're just up there for an hour and a half, no water. And that's why I'm like sweating by the end of it. You know, everyone's like, why is this guy so sweaty in 10 minutes? But like, that's why it's <laughs> an hour and a half out there. And um, uh, it was incredible. You know, I, it, for those that haven't seen my episode, like there's a point though that I look like a total idiot because like, I think uh, Lori Grenier asked me, um, do you want to be a doctor or do you want to be an entrepreneur? Because their biggest gripe with my business was like, why are you also still being a physician, et cetera? And so like, I look like an idiot. I'm like, uh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I wish I could go back and tell them like, I'd love to do both, you know? And um, that's what I've been able to pull off now. And uh, Mark Cuban was able to see that. And he's the one that eventually ended up giving me a quarter million dollars uh, in exchange for 20% equity in the business. And was that the exact deal that you worked out during the, sh the, the show or was there like, Hey, we have an agreement. And then afterwards we're changing it and working out details. Yeah. So I hear all these horror stories of other shark tank entrepreneurs um, who changed their deal, dropped the deal, et cetera. Um, so I think only about 50% of deals go through um, because there's a large, there's a big due diligence process after I'm the sure, show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mine went, went through exactly as we shook hands on the show, which I think is, is pretty rare um, from what I hear from other people now. So, uh, so I, I was happy that that, that happened. So um, in, in between the time that you shook hands until the time where you like had the capital and you were working with it in your business, um, first off, what was that time frame? Second off, uh, what kind of progress or growth did you see in your business after you made the deal with Mark Cuban? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, I had a pretty lengthy due diligence um, period. And, um, you know, I think Mark does so many deals that they, his lawyers and accountants really um, sort of uh, basically prioritize due diligence based on when you're airing. So mm -hmm. like my due diligence process didn't really get going. Like I filmed in June, but we didn't really start working on due diligence and doing all the paperwork until like October, November, oh, wow. um, because I didn't air until January. So, um, you know, I'd say it was like six months, uh, before I, the money actually hit the bank account. And, uh, um, you have to sign a bunch of NDAs that say like the, you, you won't tell anybody that you got funded or stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was the most painful six months. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got like the biggest news on the planet and you can't even share it with anybody. It was bad, man. Like, yeah, I could, yeah. You're supposed to not share it with anyone on this earth that you were on shark tank that like I made a deal with Mark Cuban. It's like, I was just walking around Vegas, like so depressed that I couldn't share this information. <laughs> depressed um, from excitement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. a rare situation. Yeah. Sure. It, yeah. So it was, it was, um, it was just so hard. I mean, I obviously told my parents, I think most people do. Um, but yeah, other than that, I didn't really tell anyone. Um, even the people in my company, uh, I think they, they knew we had audition or I had audition on Shark Tank, but I wasn't allowed to tell them whether we made a deal or who we made it with, et cetera. So, mm. um, but you know, 
I'd say that, yeah, that was about a six month process. And in terms of the growth post Shark Tank and post deal with Mark Cuban, I mean, it was incredible. We had done about a million dollars in total sales um, prior to Shark Tank. And since airing on Shark Tank, which it's been about three years now, three and a, three and a half years, um, we've done about $20 million in revenue. So, I wow. mean, we 20X'd. Yeah, it was it was incredible. The weekend of the airing, you, you know, you, you had mentioned we had done about half a million dollars in sales the year before um, uh, Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. And the weekend of the airing, we did about... I want to say $300,000 in sales. So it was almost a year's worth of revenue coming in in a weekend. Um, It was just the like biggest dream come true for any e-commerce or digital um, entrepreneur because like you just see all of these orders just every single second coming in. Um, It was like no other marketing force I had ever seen. And, And for my business in particular, I think it worked well because if you think about Shark Tank, it's really a show that a lot of families watch together. Mm. And so like my customer is not the high school student, it's the parent of the high school student. Mm -hmm. And so like all these parents are watching it with their high school kids and be like, okay, we're going to sign you up, you know? Um, And so it was, it was really awesome. Yeah, man. There's, I mean, there's so much stuff there to, to unpack. I have a quick question though for you on that. What, What was the most, beneficial component was it the actual capital or was it the connection to mark and his team of like advisors and stuff yeah um you know i think it was definitely the connection to mark i mean mark has done incredible things for the business um just to give you a couple examples um you know he doubled our licensing fee to uh, one of the biggest or our biggest licensor. So we white label courses to another company Mm -hmm. and um, he doubled the licensing fee, which resulted in um, over half a million dollars in revenues since then. Um, (laughs) So I mean, like like, he's clearly paid back on top of the quarter million he gave us. I mean, that's just one thing he did. Um, Making partnerships with Amazon, um, redoing our accounting, um, uh, uh, accounting books. Um, he even uh, reached out to me and we co-wrote a book for entrepreneurship for kids called, um, kids startup. And, and that was really cool. Um, you know, to be co-authors with Mark Cuban on a book. So like there is, I mean, he tweets stuff constantly for us to, to promote. I mean, it's like, he's got 7 million followers. It's like the best, um, shark you can possibly have. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this is exactly why I have this show is to talk about exactly that. Why, how connection can bring you to places in your life so much faster than doing it on your own, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you can get plugged into people who are doing things on a level that you can't even really comprehend, right? People like Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. when you connect with them, the things that they can do to generate revenue that's mind blowing to you that they can do, all they have to do is like send a quick email out. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that's half a million dollars in revenue. Okay. I guess mm-hmm. that solves that problem. You know, <laughs> like you, you, like things that you toil over and think about and like, like pour over and read 10 books to try to figure out. And somebody like that can just be like, Oh yeah, it's this, 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 let me make a quick connection over here to this guy and he'll help you out. Boom. Taken care of done fixed. Let's move on. Like the speed that you earn Mm -hmm. by getting connected to somebody like that is absolutely insane. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN inner circle 
Mastermind. There are already dozens of high-quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls. There's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.